Welcome to Career Caffeine, the weekly podcast for women who feel stuck, burned out, overwhelmed, or just need a little boost of inspiration in their careers. I'm your host, Angela. I'm a professional career mindset coach, corporate dropout, and dog lover. Every Wednesday, I'll invite you to grab a cup of coffee or your favorite bevy of choice and listen in where I'll share a little career wisdom, inspiration, advice, and real talk from my own career experiences as a district manager in retail for more than 20 years. And also as a career mindset coach, I work with women just like you who are on the hamster wheel and are looking for a change. I'll have some topics that are just like the coffee chats that you have with your work bestie when you need somebody to talk to. And I'll have occasional guests who will also share some tips, stories of inspiration, advice, and strategies to help you to get unstuck so that you can begin to move forward with your goals, dreams, and career aspirations. If you're interested in learning more about coaching and how I might be able to help you to achieve your career goals, check out my website at AngelaKnightCoaching.com or drop me an email at Angela at AngelaKnightCoaching.com and follow me here for free at the Career Caffeine Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Welcome to episode 16, putting the story of you in your resume. I'm so excited to have Tina Nikolai here as my special guest today, who is the absolute expert and royalty among the resume writers, uh, <laughs> colleagues and groups in um, in her field. And, you know, Tina, I'm just so thrilled to have you here. And I know that our listeners are excited to hear your words of wisdom and advice on crafting and building the the perfect resume, or if there is such a thing. Uh, but Tina, if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing a little bit about yourself with our listeners and how you got into the resume writing business, I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit about your story. Okay, thank you so much, Angela. And I really appreciate the welcome that you um, shared today with, with our audience. That was very generous of you. Um, so a little bit about me. I've been in um, human resources and recruiting for 30 plus years um, before the internet. So um, going way back to very grassroots days. Um, and I, I was in a recruiting role um, back in the mid 90s and was looking at, I probably looked at thousands of resumes um, at the time. And the one thing that always bothered me was people did not know how to show up on paper as genuine, as, as authentic as they were showing up in their interviews. And I said, oh, my goodness, I, I, every week I would try to give people feedback just on their resumes alone, even before they went on in the candidate interview process. And that's when it dawned on me there's an opportunity to help people. And I love to help people. I love to be kind of the... Um, behind the scenes person and help others shine. So that's really how it started. I was just coaching candidates and I would just say, go back, you need to fix this, you need to fix that. And let's see a little bit more of who you are on paper. Um, fast forward, um, 
10 years later, um, it was around 2009, I was working um, for a um, US-based um, company. I was uh, working as a regional HR director and um, the country went through um, a major layoffs. And for me, um, to this point, I was still doing resumes for free, just helping people here and there. But in the back of my head, I always had this, I should just open a business, right? But I needed a forcing function. And I was very grateful, really, that I did lose my job. That may sound crazy, but that's when I said it's now or never. So in 2009, I um, decided to forego looking for the traditional corporate role, which I had always performed in. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and launch my business. So Resume Writers, Inc., I-N-K, was born. Um, you know, much like any entrepreneur, you're not sure what you're doing, but you know what you know. And I always believed in that concept, and that's the concept I went with. So I launched my business. I did a little startup website, um, eventually um, started meeting people in the industry and realized that um, for me, you know, we all have a, a niche that we bring to what we do, but I didn't even realize all the years I'd spent recruiting was actually going to be an asset as a resume writer outside of corporate America. And um, working, you know, having at this time looked at thousands and thousands of resumes over the years, um, my business just started to take off. And um, I eventually hired a web guy to help me with the website because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and he got me positioned appropriately, right? And, and the reason I mentioned this is we all have our areas of expertise, but as entrepreneurs, we still need to ask for help. So I hired a great web guy. He got me up and running and, um, and Resume Writers Inc. was born. Um, you know, I started offering LinkedIn profile services. Um, I was writing biographies for all levels of individuals, whether CEOs or people that were starting their own businesses. Um, I've even had people reach out and ask me to write pet obituaries. So, you know, that's oh. not my core business, but yeah, it was, it was just people started asking, Hey, can you help with this? Can you help with that? So, you know, one thing led to another, um, that was my dream was to be on my own. And, and that's, and that's how it started. And then crazy enough, um, I got recruited to go back into corporate America about five years after I launched the business. So I went back in um, for a few years for a global brand. And I was um, then now I've been dual careering for the past 10 years, um, working, you know, as a recruiter and as a resume writer. And then um, I left that role about a year ago just to pursue my business full time because I became super busy. And it was really just time for me to go ahead. And as I say on my website, make your mark with our ink, I wanted to make my mark now with my ink full time. So that's kind of my short long story. <laughs> I love that short long story. And what <laughs> you know, it's such a clever, uh, you know, name for your business. And I think it really does. It tells the full story. Um, you know, and speaking of story, I'm going to go back to what you said at the very beginning of our of our conversation, which is people, they when they're looking at their resume, their personality doesn't come out, or it's just words on paper, and you can't necessarily feel their their personality shine through like it does when you're talking to them and getting their, mm -hmm. you know, their story out. And 
so often I hear that from people is, you know, well, I want to make a career shift, or I want to make a career change, I better get my resume mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. But it's so much more important to also back up and think about number one, what do you want to do and why? And how are you going to illustrate that story and communicate that story to a complete stranger that doesn't know you? Um, and, you know, I know that you're, you're such a compassionate, kind, caring person, and you have this unique gift to be able to connect with people. And I know that you draw that out of them just by asking, you know, different questions or getting to know their personality a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but for someone that might be listening, and if they're in the car, or they're thinking about, gosh, you know, I need to update my resume, or I need to think about, you know, changing jobs, what, but what is maybe your process when you create mm -hmm. a custom resume, maybe um, mm -hmm. share with our listeners a little bit about what you do? Okay. So before anything happens, I always ask, you know, usually, here's what usually happens, you know, potential clients will reach out and, and ask me, you know, how much does a resume cost? And I tell everybody, I cannot give you a price point until I see what we're working with. So it's like going to the doctor on the phone, but the doctor hasn't asked you questions yet, right? So I always say to people, let me send me your resume, let me take a look. I send an intake form as well, because I want to capture information, I want to understand, you know, what, what is the perceived problem that the client is having? What feedback has the client been given? How's the client using the resume that they currently have? And I do, you know, basically, an analysis or I diagnose what the issues are um, as step one. And, you know, once, once we navigate through agree, agreeing on what the problems are, um, I make a couple of recommendations just as a doctor would, you know, we can do this or we can do that. Which treatment plans do you want to go with? Right. And, you know, clients are generally um, receptive to that because they want to, they want to have options. Right. And, and there's not, always just one specific thing. It can be a multitude of things. But I always try to start with the most um, baseline problem of the resume and work from there, right? So for example, you know, some, some people will say, oh, we've got to do a complete overhaul. No, we don't have to do a complete overhaul. There are basically five areas on a resume that need attention. And if four of those areas are fine and one is broken, we focus on the piece that's broken, right? So that's really phase one of the process, which, which part, which one of the five areas is broken or which two areas and we work from there. Um, so once we agree to that, um, candidate or clients will get a resume worksheet or they will get a branding worksheet or they will get a an analysis if we have to dig deep into behavioral competencies. Um, sometimes it's a matter of me collecting more metrics and data points. Other times it's, you know, collecting more actionable items from that person. So that's where the client then does their homework. Um, they'll return that to me. Takes me about five business days to do draft one. I send it to the client. They send it back with their edits. I clean it up. Takes about three to business days. Now we're on draft two, and usually by draft two, we're all, we're both on the same page, and then the process is complete. So soup to nuts. It's like two to three weeks 
I always say two to three weeks because life happens. And um, I believe in, you know, clients having downtime on weekends. I also believe it for myself, right? So a lot of times, most of the people I work with, they're working full time, they're working sometimes 50, 60 hours a week. And, um, you know, I say to them, don't rush doing this, let's take our time and do it the right way, right? Let's build a strategy behind what's broken. And then let's go ahead and execute and implement on what's broken and let's fix it. So that's kind of the process. Um, we move pretty swiftly. Um, but also with thinking through everything that's happening. And I use the term we because I truly feel it's a collaborative process with the people that I work with. Absolutely. And it and almost has to be, right? And I think that's yeah. what I love about your process is you really do involve mm -hmm. them and you do draw mm -hmm. out things that mm -hmm. they may not even be aware of or that you notice mm -hmm. as part of their story or their mm -hmm. competencies or their experience mm -hmm. that would stand mm -hmm. out. And your um, your previous experience as a recruiter and as a director in HR, you know firsthand what you know, recruiters and HR personnel and people that would be hiring for certain positions would would be looking for and that would be important that someone may mm -hmm. overlook, right? Mm -hmm, um, right? And, you know, maybe what are some of the common mistakes that you see mm -hmm. that people make on their resumes or maybe common myths that they mm -hmm. believe are yeah. important to have mm -hmm. on there that may not mm -hmm. necessarily be that important? Right? Okay, so love this question. And I'll share with you. Um, I'm going to go back to the five kind of categories on the resume and then expand from there, just to give it some structure. So most clients, what they think is wrong with their resume is actually not what is wrong. So a client, for example, what most clients think is wrong is a detail that doesn't even get observed. Okay. And it's a detail oftentimes that's buried in their resume on like page two, something that happened 15 years ago. Right. And, you know, it's my job to help educate as we move through the process and say, you know, spend a few minutes talking about why the person thinks whatever they identify as a problem. And they usually say, well, so somebody told me that that was a problem. And I'm like, whoever somebody was, they're not the person you're interviewing with in the future. And that, that happened 15 years ago. Let's discuss it. Let's release it and move on. Right. So what, what I'm referencing here is someone might use terminology. Well, you know, I was responsible for this, but I actually didn't do that. And, and that's when I hit the pause button and say, number one, we don't want to talk about what we're responsible for. This is a really big red flag. It's a really big issue. Okay. And responsible for simply means what you are supposed to do. Right. That's what responsible yep. for means. And most clients get fixated on that. Well, these were my responsibilities. And what I say, and I, I give tough love, I give tough love. Um, you know, I say, nobody cares what you're responsible for. What we care about is what you've actually done. So let's speak in terms of what you did. Let's move from 
um, what you are supposed to do to the end result. And that's when we talk about metrics, right? And that's when I get into, you know, tell me about a time. And if anyone, for anyone listening, most people are going to understand, you know, the star format or the car format, right? Situation, mm-hmm. task, action, result. Well, the resume um, is built very similar to that because that's where we met the end result and the measurable outcome. Another um, big area where clients um, go south is they do not list, if they're working in business, they don't list their sales volume. They don't list percentage that they increased sales. Um, They don't list whether they've had direct reports, right? And so when those numbers are omitted from a resume, a recruiter isn't going to waste their time picking up the phone and asking how many people reported to you, right? So we need to tell that story, especially for people in a leadership role. The leadership role, and I work with a lot of leaders, the number of direct reports somebody has, the dollar volume of the responsibility should be there. The budgetary volume needs to be listed. Any, It's like going to the supermarket and you're buying products, but they don't list the calories on it or the nutritional content, right? Why would anyone buy that product? The resume is the same, right? A an employer is going to look to see what is the content, what is the volume, what is the outcome, what is the promise. And all of those pieces then fall into your branding, right? So I'm, I'm kind of moving around a little bit here, but um, the next area that's usually a deficit is in that personal branding. And that's where not only do we need to show metrics and achievement-based results? That's where we need to show personality. That's where we need to show um, with, that we're more than just a telephone book from like when telephone books existed. And people just don't think that way. They, they, they will obsess on details that don't matter instead of telling a high level story. So, For anyone that is listening, um, you know, I ask you, picture your favorite brand product in the supermarket, right? Um, You're maybe you're in the dish detergent area, right? And you're going to pick your favorite brand. Do you choose the name brand or do you choose a generic? Nothing wrong with generics. I buy generic products as well. However, a name brand product, you're already going to know about it. And that's typically where most people end up investing their time and money. It's the same when hiring leaders are looking at resumes. When a hiring leader or recruiter sees a very well-branded resume, right? They are going to say, wow, this person invested to take the time to tell me who they are on paper, not only in what their achievements are, not only in telling me their metrics, but they're also telling me who they are in their personality. And that is where most people, I would say 90% of the clients I work with, after I explain it and I show them some visuals, then the light bulb goes off and they say, oh my gosh, I wish I'd known this even 10 years ago. Now I get it, right? But people don't see themselves as a commodity. They see themselves as an employee. And that's Mm -hmm. where I try to help people make that shift into 
you are, you may even be hiring people, right? You may be in a role where you're hiring people. So you're, you are not only an employer, you are an employee, but you always have to show up as being a hundred percent, even on paper, that paper needs to speak for you, even in your absence. And if you're showing up as a page out of an old telephone book, nobody's (laughs) going to give you the time of day. And that's, as it's very blunt and that's, hard for some people to hear, but that's, that's the reality. Um, is, as you and I both know, recruiters might look at a resume and spend 20, 30 seconds, you know, they're looking very quickly at the top third of page one for key elements to jump out. If those key elements don't jump out, they're on to the next person. Um, one last thing on this real quick, and I'm so passionate about it. Um, today, one recruiter may have 20 requisitions, may have 30 requisitions. If you have 100 people applying or 200 people to one job requisition, right? That recruiter's got to look at a lot of resumes. And a lot of candidates don't realize recruiters do look at every single resume. They've got to flip through and look at all of them. So you really need to stand out on paper. Um, it, it comes down to volume and how are you going to leave a lasting impression in a split second? So true. And, you know, going back to something you said, I absolutely love it. And I think it illustrates so beautifully that people are a commodity, right? They're not necessarily just employees. You're Mm -hmm. renting your services to your employer. And Mm -hmm. when you stop thinking about yourself as a bullet point or uh, you know, what you were said before about responsibilities, what people don't care about what your job responsibility is, we all mm-hmm. know what that is. Um, you know, or if you're recruiting, or you're staying in the same industry, you know what you're responsible for. But what have you accomplished? What have you done? How can you brand yourself? Just like you said, when you're in the grocery store, and you're shopping for your favorite, you know, cleaning product or laundry detergent or peanut butter or whatever it is, you want to know, Nobody turns around and looks at the ingredients all the time, you know, depending on what it mm-hmm. is, but you notice the branding about that particular product mm-hmm. and what's going to jump off of the shelf at you to make you pick it up and then turn around to look at the ingredients right. to see if it's something you really want. And I think that's what you do for people is you mm-hmm. help them to jump off of the shelf to a recruiter in a mm-hmm. sea full of resumes. And they all, you know, <laughs> as somebody that used to, you know, look at those myself quite often, you can uh, get your eyes a little bit crossed after looking at them for so long. And, you know, the ones that always stood out are the ones, like you said, that take the time mm-hmm. to, it's almost like a little, and I hesitate to use this uh, analogy because I don't want to give the impression that it needs to be really long, but it's almost like a little mini ebook about yourself and you're telling mm-hmm. your own story and your own brand and your mm-hmm. own um, you know, experience and then how, because another part of the decision that a recruiter has to make before they put you in front of a hiring manager or the next step in the recruiting process, is this going to be a right culture fit for our organization? And can I tell where this candidate's values how will mm-hmm. they align with our values? And of course, it takes the yeah. interview process, but that's something mm-hmm. you could make so much easier in the selection process if she's having or he's mm-hmm. having to narrow it down mm-hmm. is by mm-hmm. helping them out by giving them the answer to the test. <laughs> your a- 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 
hundred percent. Angela, you hit the nail on the head. It is giving them the answers to the test. It's giving the recruiters the answers to who you are so they can pick up the phone, have a quick call with you, verify a few questions, and then bam, they're off with their marketing document to the hiring manager. It's like going to a, it's like uh, any kind of a trade show, right? At a trade show, any, any kind, pick whatever you want, listeners, whatever you want. Last trade show you went to, you walked away with the brochure, right? Okay, of some sort. Everything you need to go home now and sell your spouse on, hey, we need to go buy this RV or we need to go take this luxury cruise, right? Everything that you want to convince your significant other of is on that brochure, right? All you have to do is repeat what is written. Your resume should be doing the same thing for you. If you, and I'm not saying you need to show up as a glossy, you know, two-sided hard stock paper brochure, okay? It's kind of a joke there, but I'm saying you need to show up on paper. So the recruiter is simply saying, wow, this is who we need and here's why. And, and it's speaking for you, right? That resume is your PR to getting your foot in the door and getting the interview. Um, I get a lot of people that ask me, well, what's the guarantee? I don't guarantee anything. And if any resume writer guarantees you're going to get something, I would seriously question that. And here's why. And I, and I bring this up intentionally. Um, a lot of times, and anyone who's hiring, they know, you know, all jobs need to be posted. Jobs need to be posted so people can apply, right? However, if there's an internal process and people have been trained and they're ready for promotion, companies are still going to interview externally, right? But if somebody's been groomed for a role and they're ready for promotion, they're probably going to go internal, right? So when people ask me, well, what's the guarantee? No one can guarantee anything when it comes to a resume. But what, what is a guarantee is when people say, well, then why, why should I get one? Well, I, I can't afford to do a resume. And what I tell people is, you know what? You can't afford not to have a resume. And here's why. You may not get called for that job that was posted because an internal person was promoted, mm-hmm. right? But your resume may end up on someone's desk as the very next person that gets called when another opportunity opens up or that recruiter is networking with recruiters in other companies. And they say, wow, I really wish we could have interviewed this person, but we just didn't have the headcount. but I'm going to reach out to this candidate and see if they're okay with me forwarding your resume. That is why it is so important to always show up on paper at 100%. And so it, it happens every single week. I'll have at least one person, oh, I can't afford it. And I said, well, you can't afford not to have one, okay? You're, you're giving up potential increased revenue. You're giving up potential opportunity. Um, you know, you, you really have to think of yourself as a marketing machine, so... Very I get so well. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's and it's all so true. And you know what? And you know, like you said, whether it's for this position or another one, mm-hmm. but recruiters mm-hmm. all talk to each other. <laughs> they 
they do. I've always referred to them as like their own internal, you know, when I was in retail, they're like the retail FBI, like they, they know everything and they know everyone. And if there's a tough position to fill, they all talk to each other. And it's like, well, who do you know? Well, I've got this great candidate. Let me reach out to them and find out, you know, of course, request permission before they share name or, you know, information, but they all talk to each other. So they have this own internal network. And you just never know where you're going to be referred or recommended for something, Mm -hmm. you know, something else. It could be pure gold for you. Exactly. Exactly. You asked about other mistakes that people make. Um, I'll elaborate a little bit on that. So format, right? This is going to sound like, why does format matter? Format matters. It's the, I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with a client. She was fantastic. She was just absolutely fantastic. Um, she stages homes for realtors, right? And I said, well, let's look at your resume as though it's the home. Is your resume staged for purchase or is your resume staged for renovation? She said, oh my gosh, I totally get it. She said, oh my goodness. She said, I never even thought about it that way. So resume format, right? It is your real estate. And every bit of that white space needs to be strategically looked at in terms of what can I put in this space that's going to elevate who I am? What do I put in this space that will showcase this one achievement I've had? So I always look at the resume as real estate, that piece of white paper. And, and I want to talk to the clients and say, are you somebody that is visual? You know, do you have a visual story we can tell? And sometimes it's a matter of putting a graph in there, just a small graph that, you know, talks about a metric or, and it can be something as simple as increased productivity by 50% last year. You know, it creates an avenue to start dialogue but that simple graph is something that is memorable and it is, it's, it's good use of space when we're looking at resume real estate. So I wanted to throw that out there as another mistake. People sometimes say, oh, well, you know, my so-and-so said I shouldn't do that. It's too flashy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just don't talk to them at all until we get through this process, you know, like just, just let's not talk to them for a while because they're telling you, they're giving you advice that was probably 30 years old or 20 years old. Right. So um, just something else for people to think about is that format and then that resume real estate. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and I love that example that you gave about, uh, you know, the house stager and that really helps it to be relatable, Mm -hmm. particularly, you know, in that industry. But I think just connecting the dots and helping somebody Mm -hmm. to realize that it's, it's, um, that's great. Mm -hmm. So for, you know, a client or for someone that might be interested in changing career fields altogether, Mm -hmm. and they may not have had experience in that particular field, but they've got a lot of transferable skills. Mm -hmm. How would you approach someone or a client that might be in that situation um, to put them or to give them as much of an advantage as they can to a recruiter that might ordinarily overlook their resume because they don't have the Mm -hmm. traditional pedigree for what they're looking Mm -hmm. for in that particular position, even though they know Mm -hmm. they've got all the experience and the stuff to do the job? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so great question. So, and this happened recently, um, 
so very great question. All jobs, I'm going to speak first at like 30,000 feet. All jobs have a title, right? And people tend to get hung up on title, right? But when I work with a client that wants to make a career shift, um, depending on the complexity, um, you know, if they have, if it's a pretty simple extraction of information, that that's a lot easier than somebody who's lost. So we're looking at two different types of clients here, but somebody who's done the work, but their title doesn't reflect it. Um, that's a pretty simple fix. Um, usually what I will do is um, we'll have a conversation and um, I'll say, well, talk to me about each of the functional areas that you performed in this role. Right. And so if somebody dedicated, you know, 50% of their time um, wearing a human resources hat, for example, but their job title was regional director. Okay. Regional director of a hotel chain. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and let's say 50% of their role, they're dealing with mitigating risk. They're dealing with performance management. They're also dealing with interviewing and hiring. Right. But this regional director wants to move into an HR director role. Okay. What I will do is say, let's go ahead and take that 50% of the time that you spent performing those HR functions. And now let's break it down and focus on all of the areas that you had achievements in that 50%. Then I will build the resume around that part of their functional role. And I'll do that with each one of their positions um, you know, going back usually 10 years, sometimes no more than 10 or 15 years. And that is the information then that gets presented. Um, if, for most people, it's difficult to do that for yourself because you're not objective. You don't see what you, you don't see what's obvious, right? So that's why people end up hiring somebody to help them kind of dig through and sift through all the weeds. But this is typically the situation with most roles. People get one job title, but they're doing maybe upwards of five to eight different functional um, functional areas that can take them into an operational role. That can take them into HR. It can take them into, you know, budgetary and and or compliance. I mean, there are just a myriad of avenues that you know, a person can move into, they just don't know how to extract and expand. So a quick tip for today, for anyone listening, um, and I have a 52 week program that I share with, with resume clients. Um, but to get started, um, and I do this myself, I've been doing it for, for, you know, 30 plus years. Um, I just happened to choose Friday to be my day to recap. Every single Friday, I sit down, I take 10 minutes, and I write, I get three by five cards. On one side, it will say, um, you know, I'm just going to make this up for today. On one side, it'll say, you know, recruited technology, right? On On the other side of the three by five card, I will write down every single success I had this past week on technological recruits that I had. Okay. 
I recruited five people from this company. I recruited 10 from that company. I sourced seven from this company. So now I have my three by five card. It took me 10 minutes. I put that aside. Guess what? In a year's time, it, you know, 10 minutes a week, you know, that's 520 minutes a year. I think that comes to eight hours a year. I've now invested eight hours and I have 52 three by five cards of achievements and successes in all of these different buckets that I can pick and choose to build my resume. People that do that practice have a much higher success rate in, in us working together to collaborate, to build out that resume than people who just say, oh, well, on my last review, they told me this. And I always say to people, why aren't you telling yourself what you've done? Why are you allowing someone to tell you what you've done instead of you tracking what you know you've done? So it's kind of flipping that internal switch and taking ownership of your career. Um, it's, it's just like investing, right? If you're going to invest you know, $10 every Friday into your bank account in a year, you're going to have a little bit of extra money, right? people will do that, but no one's sitting around waiting for someone to tell them, oh, I'm going to give you $10 this Friday to deposit, right? So why are we waiting around for a company or a leader or a boss to tell us how we should invest in our own development? Um, I hope that makes sense. It um, does. But it, it really is that simple. It's 10 minutes a week, you know, and, and I just choose Friday because it makes me feel good. You know, that's, I'm ending the week with a bang, right? And I'm celebrating me. So that's I love that. It. I'm over here. I know you guys can't see me, but I'm over here giving you a standing ovation because you're absolutely oh. right. Like it's, you know, very well said. It's not up to your employer or anyone else for that matter to decide what you know, what you're going to invest or when you're going to invest in your development. And you're responsible for that, you know, on your own. And, you know, and so often, I think in, in careers, we're waiting for someone to develop us or to train us or to do something for us. And that can sometimes create a little bit of a victim mentality or something that, um, you know, in that, can show up even during the interview process, right? Like, well, right. why are you looking to leave? Well, I wasn't getting the development that I wanted. <laughs> you know, So mm-hmm. think about how that right. sounds, you know, on the other end mm-hmm. of that. But oh my gosh, Tina, I know that everyone that has listened to this episode today is dying to talk to you. So if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing with our listeners how they could get in touch with you, and then I'll be sure to include all of that in our show notes and on social media too. Okay, fantastic. And Angela, thank you so much for the opportunity today. It's been so much fun. I feel like we could talk for hours. Um, <laughs> we so, could. It's so fun. So the easiest way to reach me is um, there, there's several options. Um, you can shoot me an email. My email is T-N-I-C-O-L-A-I at M-E.com. So T-N-I-C-O-L-A-I at M-E.com or you can find me on LinkedIn and my LinkedIn, it's Tina Nikolai. And um, I think I have my maiden name in there. So it's Tina Cashlack with a K Nikolai. And um, so on LinkedIn and I'm an open networker. So feel free to connect. Um, 
And the other avenue, you can always go to my website, which is www.resumewritersinc.com. And that's R-E-S-U-M-E-W-R-I-T-E-R-S-I-N-K.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, but those three um, avenues that I mentioned are probably the easiest. So thank you again, Angela, so much for the opportunity. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. And I always learn so much from my guests, but especially you. And I'll tell you what, I'm, there are so many people, um, you know, that really need your services. And I think that, um, you know, we always start from the beginning of finding out really what you want to do. And I think that's where the story begins. And mm -hmm. you also help to craft that story in a way that that helps anybody that's reading it, whether it's a recruiter or a hiring manager to understand it. And that makes them want, you know, what to call you and to, you know, consider you as a top candidate. So, Tina, you are so talented at what you do. And uh, like I said, I just can't thank you enough for for being on the show today. And, um, you know, I hope you guys will reach out to reach out to Tina. And um, again, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And um, if you need anything, um, you know, you can always find find me on my website, AngelaKnightCoaching.com. And as always, may your cup be filled with possibilities.